So you said earlier that episode three was your favorite. You want to go, we kind of circled around, and but I'd like to get back to that. What makes episode three your favorite? It's the newest, so it's got pretty good choreographed fighting, which is cool. The choreography, okay. That's a small part of it. I think choreography was probably like the biggest component of, of episode one. Episode three, you just had the unveiling of so much. I mean, we knew it was going to be a huge episode because that's when Anakin turns into Darth Vader. That's when Darth Sidious reveals himself. And I don't know, there's just something about a tragedy, man, that makes a good story. Mm. I don't know why. You know, ask all the people who wrote tragedies that are forever remembered, you know. But I mean, I, I don't know any. I mean, what's the word for something that's not a tragedy, dude? I don't know that that type of story. It's a comedy. That's the opposite of a tragedy. I guess it's a comedy, dude. But what did the Greeks write comedies? <laughs> what great comedy should we reference from the Greeks? You know, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, what comedies are we still talking about from year 400 BC? No, I mean, we talk about comedies like from this year, like, oh, they released a new comedy. Yeah you know, three months ago. And then we talk about it for two more months and then it's it's gone with the wind. But these tragedies, dude, these tragedies stick with us. And dude, what a tragedy. The troopers turned out to be Darth Sidious's troopers all along. Execute order 66. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then the cool. music, dude. Dude, they, they did a great job with that scene. And then the music... And then the tragedy. Oh, the tragedy. <laughs> the tragedy. I think that's probably my, yeah, I mean, that's that's what sticks out to me the most about that episode. It's like, damn, this is, this is fucked up. I thought it was the strongest of the, of the prequels. Dude, it didn't, Anakin's arc didn't hit like it should have. That's what they, got me. Yeah, I agree with that. Anakin was a little emo for me, but I think that's, they, they wanted to show that like emotion leads to the dark side. And so he has to be emo. I don't know if, you know, it can be portrayed better. Right. And a lot of this stuff I think sounds good on paper. And then it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like if you're reading it, you can probably imagine something in your mind that's not quite as cringe as what we witnessed on screen. But when you actually have to like bring it to life beyond your imagination, you know, sometimes something gets lost in, in translation or I don't know what the problem was, but I understand what they wanted to do and why it turned out the way it did. But yeah, it was it was regrettable that it turned out that way. But it was also kind of he made a lot of good quotes, dude. Dude, I will say the third episode three is definitely the most memed episode. And I didn't realize that until going through them again. <laughs> From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> For democracy. <laughs> Which I think is also funny. It's, I mean, you can tell a lot about how things changed between 1980 and, and 2005. I mean, even if you just watched the movies, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, this is probably going on in America. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have like... Uh, I don't know. I mean, the fact that Obi-Wan says for democracy, <laughs> like the first three episodes or, you know, episode four through six, it was, you know, the rebel alliance, the republic fighting for freedom, fighting for freedom. Yeah. Now we're fighting for democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, best non-human Jedi. Can't say Yoda. Mm, trying to think of them all, dude. Trying to think of, of one. Well, I got one, but he's the worst, dude. He's the worst non-human Jedi. You thinking of the one with the large cone head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was it? Not very many, dude. They didn't develop a single non-human Jedi. Yeah, I mean, the one... 
Dude, the fish guy, the green guy with the long tentacles. This, and I think there's the female version of her that's like the blue one too. Kit Fisto, that's his name. I know Kit, dude. Well, I know him just from other, not from really the movie, just from the lore. The lore. Yeah. The expanded universe. Yeah. I wanted to say Mace Windu, dude, but he's human. <laughs> dude, you shouldn't joke about that, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah, Mace Window is, Windu is human. Also, another thing about it <laughs> is, uh, were no Jedi like concerned a little bit when he was like, "Oh yeah, I want a purple lightsaber." Like, you "Oh, think- mix of blue and red. That's the lightsaber I want." Damn. I know he's kind of like the edgy one, you know, the, the good fighter and all that, but I I feel like that should have been a at least a purple flag. <laughs> That's a good point. Dude. I didn't know my color wheel well enough to know that it was a mix of, of those two. <laughs> Maybe that was Yoda's problem too. He never studied studied his colors. Too busy with the force. Dude, Kit died in like 0.2 seconds against Darth Sidious. <laughs> this senator just murked him. Like evaporated him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, here's all this lore. Here's like, we're building up this time period where there was Jedi. And then it's just like, none of them can do anything besides Anakin. You know, I really didn't like the Emperor parts because I thought it was... I didn't really think he was charismatic and I thought it was just obvious the whole time everyone should have been like oh this is the bad guy I mean this I mean maybe that's just seeing everything in retrospect right but imagine the prequel but instead of the senator that we got instead of Palpatine that we got he was like a charismatic like good ish person you're saying what if he convinced the audience to like him. Because I think what you're saying is like when we watch the prequels, I guess we know the answer already. Yeah. But but even without that, like what if the audience liked him before he turned evil? And I don't I'm not even saying like we have to say, oh, well, we don't because we know pretty. I mean, it's obvious, right? The lower half of his face is identical across six episodes (laughs) that he is the bad guy. Right. Um, I'm not saying that we should be blind to the fact that he's the bad guy. What I'm saying is I feel like there's a way to do it where he is actually charismatic or maybe he has some points and that <laughs> that can well when you're when you watch it it's just like oh well he's just in in the naked quest for power to take over the empire right yeah what if there was a different scenario that was like oh well i can see why he would become emperor you know what i mean yeah i don't know maybe everything doesn't need everything can be more black and white as it is um but as it is it's just like what's the appeal of the dark side <laughs> it's just like it sucks yeah. Well, it was interesting watching the last mm-hmm. three, uh, four, five, and six. I got the sense that like Darth Vader was almost afraid to try and challenge the Emperor. Yes. It wasn't necessarily because you know he was on the dark side and you know the dark side's right. It was like you cannot resist the Emperor. He's too powerful. Resistance yeah. is futile. Um, whereas in the first three, I got the sense that like the Emperor wasn't. It wasn't because people were so afraid of him. It was because he had this massive influence over others um, that was subtle that they weren't aware of and. That's how he controlled everything. And he kind of, he was more of like seducing people to the dark side than, which is really, he only really did it with Anakin. He would seduce him to the dark side, right? Like kill Count Dooku. You did the right thing. Yeah. You know, they're holding you back. I mean, he seduced, he seduced Anakin is what he did. Whereas in the later three episodes, four, five, and six, it's more of like a a fear-based or like power. Like there is no sense in resisting because he's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got that sense too. And the first opportunity that Vader has, he's trying to recruit Luke to overthrow the Emperor, right? Mm-hmm. Your favorite episode was episode four, you said? Five. Uh, episode five is so good. It's good, man. You've got Hoth, you've got Dagobah, you've got the asteroid chase, and then you've got Cloud City. Damn, Cloud City was good. It's great. Darth Vader having... having. Oh. 
right? Yeah. Having the dining room table set for all of them. <laughs> yeah. Was it set? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you didn't see the roasted quail on the table? <laughs> I was hoping we would sit down and talk. <laughs> Now, now, Han. <laughs> I also, I love the character moment of them opening the door, seeing Vader, and just no discussion, just immediately Han tries to shoot him. That's yeah. <laughs> so good, dude. That is awesome, dude. You gotta be careful saying that, dude. They'll change it so that, you know, Darth Vader throws a lightsaber or something at him, and then and then he tries to shoot him. And we response to that in self-defense. Right, right. Dude, yeah, Han shot first thing. That part kills me. Yeah, it's funny. They, they do all this work to be like, Jedi are the most nonviolent, perfect, centered people. And they just want justice. And that's why they inject themselves at all the highest levels of power in the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) It will force them to use violence. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? Right? Like, you can't can't do the whole monk routine, but also be, like, the enforcers for the galaxy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just own it, dude. Just own it. You're Delta Force for the the freaking Empire, right? Or, oh, sorry. You're Delta Force for the... The Republic, dude. The Republic. Yeah. What's the difference? Um, <laughs> but what did the Empire do wrong? Well, I was going to say that. I was going to say, dude, the new movies and the new, like, just the new material that's coming out, that Star Wars stuff, is kind of uh, going down that trend. I don't know if you've watched any of it, but it does seem like they're kind of saying, you know, well, maybe the Jedi are wrong, right? Like, you've got Ahsoka Tano, who's a, you know, she's not a Jedi or a Sith. She's neutral. Or, you know, the Jedi have things wrong, maybe. Mm. And it kind of does go down this line of, like, questioning. I don't know. Dude, I think a lot of it's a symptom of our times, right? I I do too, yeah. Yeah. Um, You're saying it says more about our times than it is like a good point about the in-world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Jedi are definitely kind of shitty in the original trilogy a little bit because like, I mean, the funniest parts is when Obi-Wan Kenobi is just lying to Luke and saying like, Luke is looking for answers as to who his father is and stuff like that. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, Vader killed him a long time ago. <laughs> just stuff like that. Well, Luke confronts him about it and he's like, in a way of say- in a way of speaking, I was telling the truth. Yeah, <laughs> from a certain perspective, what I said was true he's not wrong dude he's not wrong dude maybe it's too deep of a take but it is weird i mean we do have like this dude and it's even painful to kind of say but modern day we have this like belief i think that like truth is kind of like the highest virtue uh, at least it's like the bedrock of like all other ones like we point to like obi-wan lying like that right and we say though that's that's bad dude I, i don't know there's a lot of religions and groups of belief out there and normally their main number one foundation is not to always tell the truth and they think it depends do you think it depends if you're talking to we shouldn't talk gender dude (laughs) what i'm just wondering do you think it changes if you're talking to a man or a woman you know what let's not even let's not even do that do you think it changes if you're talking to a child or an adult (laughs) you can't transition like that but yes i do think that it's different i mean go back and listen to our santa claus episode that's true i think it was all i want for big for christmas is bitcoin episode (laughs) yeah that's right no that's a good point and then you know once you open that door well now you've got to ask yourself other questions but i hear your point loud and clear when is it good to lie can it be good to lie i think the answer is yes we've established so then the next question is when is it good to lie Right, and maybe Obi-Wan's in the right. Maybe oh, Luke is maybe Luke is a child. He's lying to an adult man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
But look at, uh, well, this one's interesting too. I know this is our Star Wars episode, but hang with me here. The Matrix, the Oracle. What did she tell Neo? Morpheus, listen, I've got to tell you. The Oracle told me exactly what you needed to hear. He's just uh, filling, you know, filling him with what he needs to hear. The Oracle was, yeah. Yeah, but you're saying that about Obi-Wan as well. Possibly, who knows? But we don't know. They're both lying. Does this action deceive or attempt to deceive? (laughs) (laughs) Then I will not tolerate it. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm going for is like there's this there's like the moral simplicity of the original trilogy, and that's obviously you know corrupted, gone by the wayside nowadays, right? Like now yeah. it's oh, this is a gender fluid Jedi who's not really sure about politics and <laughs> doesn't want there to be like lethal force, you know, controlled by the state, but at the same time needs to use lethal force to stop that, but then also wants everyone to have a, a living wage. <laughs> So they need to prop up some sort of Jedi state. It's like, it's like, that's like the morass of the common, of like the the Star Wars of today. But there is a simplicity that's enjoyable about, about the original trilogy. And it's like, come on. Okay. We know, we know good and evil, right? Like we know things that are generally bad and good. Like it's, we don't have to like sit around and parse what's bad or good. Like the empire's bad. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And the real reason they probably didn't tell Luke is because they wanted it to be a surprise for the audience (laughs) well luke if we told you this movie wouldn't be quite as good (laughs) we would have spoiled it for the audience as well (laughs) yeah we're dice again we go back to we're dissecting the morality of the jedi meanwhile george lucas needed a way for the audience to be surprised in the middle of the second act And then explain it in the third act. Hey, George, if Vader was Luke's father, why wouldn't have Obi-Wan told him that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. One that we haven't talked about at all. The second episode, dude. We're jumping around a little bit. One thing, I don't like the second episode. One thing I do like, I find compelling. Obi-Wan as this kind of like noir detective style thing. The whole sequence of, of the, the assassination attempt up to him going out to Kamino to try and investigate the droid or the clone army. Yeah. That all was good. That was good. Yeah. I was a big fan of the bounty hunter, dude. I would say that was the... I mean, we talked about earlier about, you know, cashing in on these, cashing in these chips that are so easy and like people do, I do want them to cash in on some chips too, right? Like just don't do the same ones every single time. Um, And dude, this is like the first good bounty hunter fight that we see. Are we talking about Jango Fett versus Obi-Wan? Oh, is that episode? Yeah, that's episode two. Um, Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Out on the Kamino planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dude, it's a good fight. It shows like, yo, this bounty hunter isn't, you know, a chump, dude. Like he can hold his own. He's got his jetpack. Like, yeah, he fights. He's not going to go toe to toe with with Obi-Wan, but... You know, he'll fly away, shoot, he'll use his tech in order to win. He's got his son shooting the spaceship, you know, blasters at him. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's a good fight. Whereas, and we know he's a badass, right? Like, we know, we all know Boba Fett, the dude in the Mandalorian armor, is a badass. The problem is, episode six, he dies in, like, one second. His blaster gets cut in half, and then he's dead. In episode, also in episode two, I guess they wanted to show how powerful Mace Windu was. Um, it was upsetting that kind of died like that. But at least they gave him a good battle before that to show, like, yo, he is competent, but I guess his jetpack broke or whatever. And so, yeah, Mace Windu marked him. Um, but yeah, that fight was pretty awesome. I think that's the only bounty hunter fight in the in the whole 
uh, six movies. Yeah, the audience is just dying for more Django Fett. Just a, a character that had like five seconds of on on screen time, and every single kid bought a Django Fett toy. And then what does Lucas do? He throws him into the sand coochie. <laughs> <laughs> It makes him into a joke, dude. It belches after, after yeah. you know. But yeah, I agree with you with that bounty hunter fight. That was good. And you know what else it does? It makes you say, holy shit, they just cloned an army of this guy. Right. Did you ever believe that? Did you ever buy into the Jar Jar Banks as a Sith Lord theory? No, dude. I'd love to say yes, but no, I never did. I kind of believe it. Really? I mean, I don't believe it now, but I believe that they were trying to set that up in episode one. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't <laughs> think that they're that, uh, I don't know, dude. I think you're giving the writers a little too much credit. Mm. I think they just wanted to appeal to six-year-olds, so they threw in Jar Jar Banks. Did it work? I think it did appeal to the six-year-olds, dude. It's the older people that were upset about it. Jar Jar Banks. I, I was six. I don't think I... You were not six, dude. You were probably 12. What, what year are we talking about? I don't know. I want to say that it came out We're not talking about 1996, mm-hmm. plus or minus 10 years, because we don't dox each other's ages here. Yeah, I want to say it came out around 2001. I was like seven or eight. Oh, okay. Go ahead and dox yourself. Yeah, doxed. You were seven or eight, huh? And you didn't like them? No. I don't know. I guess I was like 10 or 11. 91? I was 10. Yeah. Or 11 or 12 or 15. Look at how they've massacred our boy, dude. <laughs> it's horrible now. Yeah. You'd have to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just try not to think about that part, dude. Darth Maul was cool. The bounty hunter fight scene was cool. The pod racing was cool. There's some good in the first episodes. So Bulba was cool. Watto was cool. They did a lot right, dude. Let's focus on that. Yeah, I meant seven through nine plus. But oh god, yeah, yeah. I think one through three was an attempt to make things good. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, Ray could have been cool. She kind of was cool, dude. It's just the rest of it wasn't. Yeah, Ray could have been cool. I mean, she was cool, and then I don't know what happened, dude. Dude, another <laughs> another funny thing that I thought watching it is is uh like now there's almost less tension in the new i'm talking new new trilogy like the one that just came out seven through nine because you have everyone being like over the top a badass and be emotional especially on the dark side right yeah roll yelling stuff like that the best part of the original parts of the funniest best unintentionally funniest best parts of the original trilogy is this empire where it's just exceptionally bureaucratic <laughs> and it's just like a board boardroom talk about pursuing the rebels or whatever and you have these admirals that'll fail and get force choked yeah and the admirals are perfect dude they're like the perfect bureaucratic minions they're yeah. they're like the prototypical archetypical That's army cool. major that's what they are yeah yeah it is great dude darth vader chokes out probably like seven admirals by the end of it you are the admiral now <laughs> do not fail me again <laughs> admiral gunther <laughs> dude admiral jaeger <laughs> dude did you notice uh uh, that Luke uses force choke. Yeah, in episode six. Yeah, dude, I I did not realize that until I came back and watched it at this age. And respect. <laughs> <laughs> so he just walks in. He just walks in. Immediately chokes the guards to get him off of himself, and then stands before Jabba like, 
I will Your not. gloriousness, exaltedness of highness. <laughs> I will. I have pledged to not use violence against. And that's, and that's what I'm talking about a little bit with like the inconsistency that makes it kind of funny is like, like Java, right? Like I believe in episode six, Luke could have walked into Java's palace and just started massacring people and then taking Han out, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying he has to get in there and go freaking, you know, Anakin Skywalker on the Tuscan Raider village. Tuscan Raiders. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying he goes in there. He's like, let me talk to Java. No force choke. All right, next guy. Let me talk to Java. Force choke. All right, take me to Java. He gets to Java. Look, Java, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to take Han. <laughs> Java's like, throw him in the Sarlacc pit. Or not the Sarlacc pit. The, uh, what's the big guy? The Rancor pit. Rancor pit, yeah. I mean, there's ways Luke could have done it that were between, like, Anakin on one side and allowing everybody in your entire group to be captured. <laughs> and then relying on the fact that R2 is going to be serving drinks at the bar <laughs> and will be available to toss your lightsaber to you. It's like, oh, man. But that's Everything yeah. according to plan. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to be a slut slave for about <laughs> two days, Leia. Hopefully that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas is like, all right, what's a realistic sequence of events? <laughs> Carrie Fisher in a sexy metal bikini as a slave next to, jo <laughs> next to Jabba. <laughs> Writers are pulling their hair out, trying to come up with something. Uh, oh, he needs to be wearing black. We need to know he's gone through a transition. Yeah, you can force choke somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the Leia slave stuff, after all these years, it hits different. <laughs> than when you were eight? Than when you were eight, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah, that stuff's going to be edited out in a few years. It's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she's in a burqa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be like oh wait are we said or is that racist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because she's on the sand planet of tatooine dude yeah, yeah. Uh, oh god why what'd you think of the force joke uh, that path leads to the dark side <laughs> but respect uh, all right dude there's one critical piece that i think of as like the defining sequence in star wars that we need to talk talk about the death star run which one <laughs> the original death star run. <laughs> four. my favorite series like i think oh, most people liked the uh millennium falcon the most i was always an x-wing really yeah and in particular the trench run death star run whatever that sequence dude i must have gone through that a, a hundred thousand times really yeah damn dude you didn't no dude i don't know anyone that did well now i do i have you now this is yellow leader moving into attack position oh shit i've been shot <laughs> red leader <laughs> yeah this is our fourth run we're trying again ah uh, they came from behind just like the other three times Dude, you know what the original trilogy has in spades is this Cold War Milkor energy of just like invincibility, dude. It's like the same era of of like Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, and I think of like these Tom Clancy. Maybe they're a little later, like military movies and stuff like that. And it's just like like they'll be going for a mission, yeah, going against the Death Star, like twelve dudes against the Death Star. There's nobody like puking in their helmets. They're just like let's go take down the death star boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> evaporated half of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't really get too hooked on that scene, dude. Fascinating. When they're making the runs, like, it was just kind of dumb to me. Like, dude, why are you guys all in, you know, attack formation right right behind each other? You know <laughs> they're going to swoop in behind, and you guys are just like, I'm holding them off. Like, Jesus, dude. Uh, deploy some flares. I don't know. Drop drop a, bo- a photon bomb out the bat. I don't know. Do something. Turn. Have someone come in from the front and align and make it so your ships, you know, don't hit and then shoot them head on or crash into them. That's better than I'm whole, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to grab the next missile they shoot. I'm holding them back. Don't worry. You take that shot. Like, Jesus Christ, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And going back and watching it now, it's funny how, like, most of the effects look good, but those those in particular are pretty funny because they'll go from, like, the space miniature view to just, like, in the cockpit view. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, I can't shake him! And then just, like, him slowly exploding, you know? Dude, yeah, I never had a problem with the cockpit views or, like, the, you know, a vehicle and the driver's seat or in the speeder view until you mentioned it. And you're like, God, these scenes are just so bad because you just know they're sitting in some chair and they've got, you just, you know, pretend shaking. And once you said that, dude, it ruined every single cockpit, driver's seat, pod seat scene that I ever watch. Damn, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. You did that, dude. Well, I did. I, I wasn't even like, I realized it because I was like, well, why is the camera always like, it's just unusual that it's just like that. And then I realized, oh, well, obviously, there's really no other way of showing a ship. You have to basically just show the cockpit view and then the exterior. It's not like we can do like a nice pan. It's 1977. We can't do a, a pan around the ship into like, you know, right. zooming into the, the pilot. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, dude. I, I think that's, for me, that will always be like the quintessential Star Wars scene. But Dang, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I think for me, it's Darth Vader, like you said, running around choking everyone in episode five. Oh, and when he chokes the guy from across the ship, like he's just on through Zoom. The, through the video call. The Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> How does Star Wars change with Bitcoin? I think they go back and put Bitcoin in all the movies and say, ah, oh, your Imperial credits aren't good here. We only accept Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't really spend much time. I don't think Lucas wanted to spend much time on the currency system of the Empire. No, he didn't. He didn't mess with the money. That was done later, dude. After we started learning that money was a joke as a society. Then they started saying things like, oh, those credits are no good here. It was Watto. Watto said it, dude. He's the first one. Watto is kind of a Bitcoin. You think he gets it? I mean, he's owned he's slave. Also a, he's also a degenerate gambler. Yeah, degenerate gambler. He's a child slave that he enlists in a... <laughs> death race uh, <laughs> it's called a pod race dude. yeah dude well we're not jedi we haven't tested whether we're sith or not yet but that's for another time you guys should definitely give it a shot if you haven't may the force be with you <laughs> peace peace